Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Team Performance, Winning Ways for Uncertain Times. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined by the very well-dressed in royal purple with the Spencer Horn monogram on his shirt. Yes, the true brains of the operation, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are <laughs> you today? So good, Christian. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm just uh, enjoying a Friday morning here. I, I sometimes lose track of the days, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we were talking a little bit earlier about having uh, some some grace in these times. And it's interesting, you know, my internet went down and it totally threw this this operation this morning into a into a tailspin. And we do need to be, you know, empathetic and understanding and patient with each other. So I'm we're going to talk about our guest here in a moment. I'm so grateful that uh, that he was patient this morning. Yes, thanks everyone for their patience with technology. I think in certain respects, we're all in uncharted water here uh, doing everything remotely. And you mentioned that we have a guest. I'm super excited because we have a guest. It's not just you and me, but we have a guest, a super amazing, knowledgeable person. Spencer, why don't you introduce our guest to our listeners? I absolutely am so excited to do that. Thank you, Christian. And you know, I one of the things I'm actually grateful to our guest for, whose name is Ian McCracken, I'll explain uh, who he is, what he does a little bit later, is because of Ian, I know you. Did you know that? I did not know that. How did that how did that happen? If it weren't for Ian, I would not know you and and have our friendship because well, first of all, I met Ian McCracken, who is the president of PRI, a, uh, a firm that that helps uh, firms re- recruit the best people, and he works with these with these firms to get great people and and helping helping move their organizations forward. He has an ex- really a lot of experience in human resources. He has an MBA. He's actually a certified human resource uh, expert who has worked for Fortune 500 companies like Praxair and Hexel and Intermountain Healthcare. And he really specializes a lot in the healthcare space. But I hired him in 2004 to help me recruit great people. And he had started his company the year before that. And we became friends. And because of him, he introduced me to a company called Daily Dose. And it's because of Ian that I started working at Daily Dose where I met you. So he's the one that's responsible for getting you into Daily Dose then. That is correct. All right, Ian, it's all your fault. <laughs> it is. I'm so sorry, Christian. Will you forgive me? So, yes, I'm very, very grateful to Ian for introducing me to Daily Dose and therefore you. And and we've we've known each other ever since and worked with each other. And I've just been so impressed with what he has done uh, in his business. And he's grown his business, helped so many companies. But he's also started a nonprofit that is very, very impressive. And he's the co-founder and executive director of Building Youth Around the World. And I'd actually love to hear a little bit about that. But I know that you travel all over the world. You've probably, you were born in Manila, you speak fluent French, you've visited 40 different countries, and you have seen a lot of the world and a lot of the challenges in the world, Ian. And you actually have sponsor, you're you're actually housing two people from Mali, Africa in your home. So you care about people and you're helping kids. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, yeah. So, so building youth around the world actually started with my son, his Eagle Scout project when he was 12 years old. He's now 23. Uh, and so we started doing one project in the Philippines to now doing about 10 projects every year. Uh, we have a, a medical clinic that we're building at an orphanage that we help run in Tuxla, Mexico. We are building our uh, fifth school in Mali, West Africa. We're doing some teacher housing in Accra, Ghana. 
Uh, we're putting students, 13 students through school in various levels in Liberia, uh, Mexico, uh, Ghana, everywhere. And yeah, it's just fabulous to give back. It's wonderful. And it's so great that you're able to do that with, with your son and, and other great people that, that, um, Christian and I know like Ye Samake out of Mali, Africa with the Mali Rising Foundation. So I, the, the thing that I that I love about Ian, Ian has uh, someone that I just trust so much. He has great integrity. And whenever he calls me and says, you know, hey, um, I, I want to listen to what he has to say, because I know that he's always got my best interest and his client's best interest at heart. You know, one of the reasons why I brought him, uh, asked him to come on because he has a unique perspective as a recruiter working with lots of different companies right now that are that are challenged. And Christian, as you know, we're really focused on team performance. And what I'd like to have his perspective on is how do you balance, uh, Ian, how do we balance the the need to be, uh, you know, safe and careful and give each other grace like we were talking about earlier and maybe slow down a little bit in, in these challenging times, but yet still push forward. Because you and I were talking last night, there is, I believe, a responsibility that we have to make sure that this economy is able to, to ramp up as quickly as possible. And it may take months, it may take more than six months, it may take a year. But if, you know, if we just stop, I mean, what it's going to be worse than the pandemic. I mean, we're going to have a, a, a second wave of catastrophe. Oh, you know, there is no doubt, uh, Spencer and Christian times are not easy. And, uh, the thing that we talked about last night, Spencer is for me, I don't think slowing down is the answer. Uh, the real answer is being creative, being really intelligent and seeing where we can, I mean, people use the word pivot, but it's true. We really have to figure out how to work even more diligently to to get results. And if we all hunker down in our basements, and I know it sounds just terrible, but if we hunker down in our basements and do nothing and just let the economy grind to a halt and there aren't entrepreneurial folks like the three of us who are speaking out there, it will be disastrous in the long-term future. But I'm bound to determine, I know Christian and, and Spencer, you're the same. I'm bound to determine that's not going to happen. At least for me and my company, we're going to do all the things we can to empower our teams to have uh, not only hope and uh, 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 good feelings for the future, but an absolute knowledge. It's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. It's not going to be easy. And it's really a bugger right now. There's no doubt. But everything's going to be okay as long as we work in a very smart, intelligent way. And I, I, I'm excited to talk about those different ways that we can make it happen. So before we talk about those ways, Christian and Ian, we, let's talk about it does suck right now. I mean, I just had two events canceled between yesterday and today. You, Ian, I want you to talk about, you know, the fact that you've had a lot of business cancel. I know, Christian, you have too. Maybe you could talk about that. So we're not just, as I said last time, we're not speaking from our ivory towers, not having been impacted in any way. We are, we have to be positive. We have to look to the future. Well, I think, yes, absolutely. I work in the event space. All of the events are canceled. They are postponed till next year or the following year. And you know, in the last few weeks, I have seen more than $300,000 worth of work evaporate. And I think it's important to empathize with people who are in this situation and not to judge them because they are feeling down. For me, 
I've, I've gone through that, but I realize I've got to get going and put food on the table, not just for myself, but for the people who work for me. And so necessity is becoming the mother of invention. And I am pulling out all the creative stops that I know to try to rectify the situation and make some lemonade out of the lemons that we've been given. Ian, why don't you share with us what you've been doing to get creative and pivot? Yeah. Uh, well, so Christian, I'm, I I sincerely feel for what you just shared. I had a similar experience. Uh, so three weeks ago, I was flying high, actually thinking three weeks ago, this is the best that my company has ever done. And I really felt that way. I, I was closing in on, on placing 12 positions probably within a week or two. And that's that's a lot. And I saw within eight business days, uh, to, I calculated it out just, just because I really wanted to make myself feel terrible. I calculated it out $276,000 in loss in literally eight business days. And I thought, holy smokes, what is happening here? But you know what? There are, there are, it's imperative that we figure out what to do. I'll tell you what I did first. Uh, so I've got recruiters, full-time recruiters that work for me. I'm a small company, so there's five total full-time recruiters, and I've got some administrative folks. Uh, the first thing I did, guys, is I called my employees personally, one-on-one, and I talked to them about what was actually happening so that their eyeballs and ears were wide open. They knew what was happening with PRI, and I didn't hide anything. I told them the loss, the money loss, the exact numbers, and I told them what was happening so that they knew that uh, uh, the reality of what was happening. But then I let them know that there are things that we're going to do as a team. And I made a commitment myself that I was going to uh, keep them. And I made sure I told them that. Now, not everybody can do that. I understand that. I don't want anyone to feel guilty if they can't do that. Uh, But for me, uh, because I'm small enough, I was able to make a commitment that I was going to keep each one of them. And then I described to them ways in which that would happen. And I shared with them how, yes, we're a recruiting firm, but what if we pivot into becoming an outplacement services firm? So what does that mean? That means people who are losing jobs, suddenly we are the ones that will help those companies who have to lay off help those people getting laid off find jobs, okay? Or help themselves find jobs. What if we pivot and become the resume writing uh, experts, which we can certainly do. What if, I mean, we, I put out all those different ideas. And so suddenly now we are more than just a recruiting firm. We are an outplacement services firm and we are a resume writing firm and we are a consulting firm. Uh, and you know what? We're going to come out so much more powerful at the end because now all of my recruiters are going to be more than just recruiters. They're going to be uh, powerhouses in outplacement and powerhouses in resume writing and powerhouses in uh, negotiating and consulting. That's just one thing I did. There's so many other things, but that's one thing that I did. And it, it really coalesced us uh, because we're in this together. You know, one of the things that, that, uh, you highlighted was you let them know where we were and what was going on, which is really in a, in a managing crises, you have to maintain your reputation and people, if you don't tell them what, what is really going on, they'll make it up. 
they'll assume things. And it's not usually the best. We talked about that in a previous podcast. We usually assume the worst. So by you telling them what the worst really is, their trust in you as their leader goes way up and their willingness to go the extra mile and, and suffer and, and struggle right along with you means that goes up and, and really gives you a greater chance of success as you come out of this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So talk about you talk about some of the, uh, the creativity, you're doing different things. Talk about what it, you know, just you, you talk about the need to lead, right? And, and being a leader in, in these times and you're doing that remotely. How did you, how are you doing that? You said you did it one-on-one. Well, yeah. So I didn't go to their home and hold their hand. I got on the phone and I, I talked with each one of them for as much time as they wanted. Uh, one thing, though, I think a really important piece on the team empowerment and increasing team performance, which I have seen dramatically in three weeks, is I let them know that I wouldn't ever ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do first. Uh, and so I have been making sure that I've been leading the team in everything. So, for instance, I and, and I've told them exactly what I'm doing. I said, OK, during these hard times, I commit to you. And I said this to every employee that I will get up. I always get up at 617. It's a weird time, but I do it. That's my thing. I'm OCD. 617, I get up. <laughs> I work out. And then generally before this happened, 730, I was in the seat working. But I said, guys, what I'm going to do, guys and gals, uh, I'm going to start doing what I call a cold call block of five at 645 in the morning until I finish those up probably around 715. And I'm going to start doing that. And I'm going to make sure that I, even though it's not something I enjoy, but I'm going to make sure that at minimum, I call out to at least 25, generally 30 of my clients every single day. Some people might say, oh, that's simple. I do 100. But other people might say, oh, that's terrible. I only do five. But for me, 25 to 30 is a stretch. Uh, and I make sure that I'm the leader in all statistics. So my guys know that the owner and CEO of the company is going to make the most cold calls. He's going to get up the earliest. He's going to be calling and doing a one-on-one, which I do. I do a one-on-one uh, call with every single one of my employees. Again, I've only got a few that I do that with. But every morning, 15 to 20 minutes, I talk to them. And I'm leading the charge. In this time of difficulty, they know, okay, the, the, the boss is going to be doing equal or more than what he ever asked me to do. Okay, well, so that is impressive and, and also inspiring to me. But what about the people who say, wait a minute, you know, this is, you're going to burn yourself out. This is going to be a, a long haul. We've got to slow down and relax. What would you say to that? I'm not going to burn out and I can't slow down. If I'm going to take care of my family and I'm going to take care of the people I'm responsible for, there's 11 of us and their families. I'm not going to slow down. And so what I do though, Spencer, is I block my time out. So to keep myself from burning out, I do plan out every single minute of my day. And I, when I say plan out every minute of my day, I really mean that. And my, my recruiters know, I ask them, how's your plan for today? And they plan out every minute of their day. And so for me, I'm not calling 20 companies at once. That would kill me. But I'm doing what I call a cold call block of five. I hit five of them and then I go to my next thing. 
And then uh, the next thing, and I make sure my plan is what runs my day. So if my phone rings, it's important to answer that phone only if it falls within my plan. And I plan out in my day, okay, from uh, 8.30 to 9.10, I will return phone calls and return emails. Yeah, are you telling me, Ian, that you don't answer the phone that rings right now because you have... If someone needs you, you don't you don't immediately drop everything and answer that phone. I don't, and you know that Spencer because you call me. <laughs> I, I think it's great, and and I think part of the attitude that that I admire is that you know what they're, they're if they're calling you, they they need you, and you'll get back to them on your time, and you're staying in a rhythm. You know, Christian, you and I talked about creating a rhythm, right? When you you have to have a a system that helps you. You know, we talked about every day seems like the, the previous day, but have a rhythm of when you are working and then take breaks when you need to, to to refresh yourself. You have to manage your energy for sure. And you did that by saying, you know, listen, I recognize cold calls are difficult and they drain my energy. So I'm going to start that first thing in the morning when my energy is the highest and set a precedent for my day. And then that sets you up for success. And then you do the things that you're great at, which connecting with your, with your customers. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Talk a little bit about what those conversations are like as you are connecting with your current clients. What are you hearing from them and how are you helping support and sustain your clients? You know what? It's been actually really, really cool. And uh, I will tell you, the last three weeks has been super, super tough. To give you an example, three weeks ago, uh, with five recruiters, we had over 30 jobs to fill with companies, big paying jobs. And today or yesterday when we spoke, we had, I had three between five of us. Uh, and so, so uh, that can be very, very difficult. And every business is encountering this in their own respect, their own way. What I did is I, I called each of my recruiters again. And I, if I may, let me just share with you something that I thought was very impactful. One, I told my recruiters, uh, I'm listening to the news, but on my terms, I told them my commitment to you guys is I'm going to listen to the news because I want to stay up on things one time per day. And it's going to be on my time. And I planned it out that at night before I go to bed, if I choose to, I will listen to the news. But again, I always said to them, I commit to you that I'm not going to let social media and news consume me. Uh, I, I was talking on the phone with one of my clients and uh, when I answer, I'm going to answer your question. She, she said to me, Ian, I used to never listen to the news, but now I listen to it 20 times a day. And I thought, oh no, don't, don't, don't do that. And I shared with her this thought of let you, you be the one that will uh, choose your time to consume. Don't let the news and social media uh, guide you to consumption and slow down on that because that's what's going to make things very, let fear grow, right? The other thing I did, and here's the answer to your question, Spencer. How did I handle my clients? I tell you what I started doing because my time is very important. Time is money for me. It truly is. Every minute is a dollar uh, in my mind. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't shoot the bull, if you will, very often, but I am friends with lots of people, but I don't waste time. But what I started guiding my recruiters to do and what I do is sincerely express concern to my clients about their lives. So when I get on line, I say, Hey, John, first thing I said is, how are you? And how is your family? 
How are your loved ones? Sincerely, how are they? And then I, then I'm quiet. And I let John share with me his real feelings. And then I share uh, what my goal is, what jobs do you have that I can help you fill? But then I also share with him uh, various creative things that can help him out. For instance, if somebody doesn't know about the paycheck protection plan, I'll say, John, it sounds like things are really tough for you right now. Have you applied for that? And he goes, what is that? Or he says, yes, I've tried. And then I help him out. You just creatively help people. And when you gain that trust, Spencer and Christian, then the jobs will flow. And guess what? I picked up three new jobs yesterday and I'm probably picking up two more today, notwithstanding the terrible economy. I love that. Just that, that you are, you know, keeping in contact with them. And so they're thinking of you, you're, you're top of mind and to your, your customers. And I'm thinking of them about them sincerely on a personal level versus just business. And that actually is huge. I have a question for you, Ian, since you've gone into this crisis mode, which has caused you to rethink your business and its capabilities. Have you noticed any difference in the performance of your team members? And to provide a little context for this, I'm just going to give a little personal experience. Um, I have found as a business owner that generally speaking, I care more about the business than anyone else does. (laughs) And that's probably natural for anyone who owns a business. As an employee, I would look at companies that I work for and the CEO or the owner of the business and I'd be like, is that all they do with their lives, you know, <laughs> because they would be calling me at all times of the day and expect me to do this, that, or the other. I'm like, come on, I need a little bit of balance as an employee. But in those times, the business didn't really need to do a lot of business development. The work was just coming in and, and we were in this rhythm and we were really focused more on delivering the work rather than going out and getting it. Now we're in full on business development mode and trying to and trying to find the work. And I and I notice um, perhaps a bit more urgency among the employees because they understand what's on the line. I'm just curious if in your experience, you've noticed any change in how your employees are approaching their work or did you already have massive rock stars and they're just plowing ahead as they've always plowed ahead? I love the question. So, uh, yes, I have had wonderful employees. They're all in my mind. and I, I most sincerely say this. They're wonderful. I will tell you what, um, they are uh, working with a ton more urgency, not because of fear, but because they're following after me. And I really believe that because they see that I'm leading the charge. I'm not just demanding or asking them to do something that's uncomfortable. I am actually doing the uncomfortable first and leading the way and they're following right after me and their productivity. Yes, it's all business development. For the most part, there is some recruiting still, but, but I will tell you, um, I think they trust in me and I don't say that in any kind of uh, bragging way. I just believe they trust and they know that I'm going to, I'm going to fight with them. And so their productivity is, is way up. In fact, it's kind of a joke now. They're all, at least one or two of them are chasing to make sure they have the most calls in a day. And, and it's wonderful. And, and they're putting up jobs. Does that answer the question kind of question? 
Yeah, it does. It does answer my question. I think in these kind of situations, um, if you're if it's difficult for you to get out of your shell and leave your comfort zone, I know I'm using a bunch of cliches here. This kind of experience may cause you to curl up <laughs> and just um, try to shield yourself uh, from the storm. But it provides an opportunity, I think, for people to learn all kinds of skills that maybe they didn't have before. And they become more valuable in the process because now they've learned, in your case, not just how to recruit, but how to do outplacement or how to help people with writing um, CVs or things like this. And so this gives people an opportunity to actually expand their skill set and thereby increase their value. You know, another thing that's interesting that I just was talking a couple of weeks ago with my fellas is uh, you've got to believe that you will actually receive what you're asking for. Because if I call all day and I do 30 or 40 or 20 or 30 uh, cold calls, but I don't really believe I'm ever going to find another job. It's just an exercise in futility. But if in my mind, I really believe that yes, eventually I'm going to get a new job to recruit in my case, and this is my business. If I really believe that in the back of my mind, those cold calls aren't so bad because I know it's going to get me what I want. So I taught my recruiters, Hey, in your mind, I believe, first of all, I commit to you. I always say that to them. I commit to you that I know really sincerely that I will find more jobs. And I just found three yesterday. And these guys are going, oh, he really can find jobs. And I say to them, you have to believe that you will too. So it's very important that you tell those success stories. Because you, you, you told the story of the challenge. Here's, where, here's the reality of where we are. I'm going to work. And here's the result of what just happened. And you can do it too. And, and on top of that, Spencer, the three jobs I got yesterday, I gave the jobs to three of my recruiters. So now they have work to do. Well, you better be careful because everyone's going to start calling you to work with you. <laughs> but, so, but the great thing is I, the teaching was, yes, we can find new jobs. And yes, Ian doesn't expect to feed me all the time, but he will feed me. Well, and that's why you're going to be stronger when, when this ends, but you, we have to go ahead. We, we have to move forward. We have a responsibility to our families, to those that we love, to those that work with us, to the world. This world depends on you and I and everybody listening to continue and forging ahead and, and doing our best with whatever we have the ability to do to help our organizations move forward, to help our teams, to make ourselves available to our team members and support and lift them so that we can, we can lift ourselves and each other out of this mess. Absolutely. What is it? Is it 85% of our nation is built on the backs of small to medium sized businesses? Yeah. Yeah. If all of those businesses crawl into a shell and don't do any work, the, the entire economy is gone. We can't do that. You know, Ian, it's it's inspiring to me to listen to you. I know one of the other things that I didn't tell everyone that you do is you have been speaking uh, for years at different associations and organizations on on really the mentality that it takes to be successful. You are motivational in in your speaking career, and you are in demand for a lot of organizations and companies that they bring you in to uh, to really help their people get through difficult times. You know, we were also talking last night, I think we have just a few minutes left. 
you know, we have been through a couple of tar- tough times together before, haven't we? I mean, this is, we've been through two recessions together and we survived those. Yes. This is a little different, but any any final thoughts that you would you would share with our listeners? Well, I will say something that's been beneficial for my home life. Uh, two things that I've, I've tried to teach my employees. Uh, one, you do have to have an end time. So it's not smart to work until eight or nine or 10 at night. It just isn't. And that's not going to solve any problems. So I say to them, if you plan out your day right and you give yourself eight or nine hours of really strong, strategic, planned out days, then when it's five or six o'clock at night, take that phone, put it down and then be with your family because they need us. Our family is just as worried and just as nervous as anyone. And then I shared with my, uh, my fellas and gals, don't, please don't bring it all home. Uh, I will tell you the first week when this happened, when I lost all those jobs in the eight business days, I made a mistake and uh, my commute up my stairs, it took so long. <laughs> <laughs> my commute up my stairs, I shared with my wife, who I've been married to for 28 years. I said, uh, honey, we've just lost 276,000 bucks. And I don't know what's going to happen. It, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Or we may go out of business. And you know what happened to my wife? Yes. She, she started to cry. Because she has no control over that. She can't do anything. And I felt my, and that was a big mistake on my part. I needed to, I needed to get it out. I had to get it out. You have to throw that out some, throw it up somehow, but I did it with the wrong person. And and not only did it impact my wife, but my daughters who are at home, I saw within days a palpable change in their nervousness level. And so over the past two weeks, I've been working to fix that problem. And so now when I make that big old commute up the stairs, I don't talk about the tough calls. I don't talk about the mean people. I don't talk about the scary stuff. I just tell them how much I love them. We go on walks. We play basketball together. We hang out together. And you know what, Spencer and Christian? My family life in the last week has gotten so much better. It's wonderful. Well, it's interesting. I was listening to, I think it maybe it was MSNBC last night, and they mentioned that the popularity of searching for good news on Google, like it's, uh, the, it's really trending. And uh, John Krasinski of The Office uh, has this YouTube thing that he that he started called Some Good News. And I think people right now in these challenging times, they are desperate for some positivity, for some good news. They want to see that. They want to have hope. And so I appreciate you, Ian and Spencer, today coming on and sharing some hope, sharing some positivity, sharing some ideas that perhaps can inspire those who listen to our podcast or who are in our circle of influence to try to make some lemonade out of the lemons that we've been given. If people want to know more about the things that you do, how can they contact you? You know, it'd be really fun if they are interested at all in making the world a better place. They can go to buildyouth.org. That's B-U-I-L-D-Y-O-U-T-H.org. That's our Global Children's Foundation. I think that would be wonderful. And then for businesses who may be interested in working with us, it's prorecruitingint.com. That's prorecruitingint.com. All right. Fantastic, Ian. Thank you so much for joining us. Spencer, if people want to know more about Altium Leadership, how can they contact you? Go to altiumleadership.com. 
com or email me at spencer at altiumleadership.com. That's A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com. And Ian, thank you so much for coming and, and taking your time and dealing with my technology challenges and, and delaying us so much. I appreciate uh, having you today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all. And if people want to contact me, they can do so at cnapier at gp4.com. That's cnapier at gpfour.com. Thank you all for listening. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with all those you care about. 